Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to episode 10 of the AI Comic Pod. We are going to be doing something a little bit different now. We're going to be doing a film preview, first one we've ever done. Uh, I'm Stu, of course, and I'm joined by Rory, as always. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. About yourself? I'm fine, thank you very much, sir. And we've got a we've got an AI Comic Pod debutant today in the form of Mr. Joe Simpson. Thanks very much for having me. I'm really pleased to be on. Love the show. It's a um, pleasure. Oh, I, I must say quickly, I must say, the whole reason this pod exists is from us doing the um, the Dark Knight pod and me coming off that pod and, you know, sparking Stu going, do you want to do, do you want to do this pod again <laughs> next week? <laughs> do you want to do it next week? Should we do a different thing next week or the week after? And then all after that, just, you know, it, it just followed. So, and my debut pod ever was doing the Shawshank on Joe's movie night which i loved doing so yeah you know lots of close connections on this pod tonight yeah and my debut was on the the dark night and that was only about what four or five months ago or something and then yeah within 48 hours rory had pestered gags come up with a name got a logo designed and got (laughs) us a slot booked on monday night so oh well i'm so glad you stayed there thanks for coming on and i'm so glad you stayed it's such a great show Thanks, the mate. passion and knowledge just shines through, and it's just great. I, I love listening to it. Particularly, it's nice to have a, you know, something outside the football, for yeah, lose and things like that. And it's it's just perfect. Really enjoy it. And the other thing, the funny thing you mentioned about Rory is you yes. won't believe this, Stu. But initially, because obviously I follow Rory on, on Twitter, like I follow you, and. Um, uh, obviously Rory loves his films so he was someone from the outset of thought I've got to get Rory on but he was dead dead reluctant at first he was like oh no oh I was know. wasn't I yeah, yeah and, I then, was. and then once he, he, he got the bug that was it <laughs> I know I was quite nervous about it because I think like you mate to be honest I think it's uh, I used to write a lot and then podcasting felt like a whole world apart from that um, and I did I did Joe's I was like, right, we'll find a film that works. And, and I did Joe's. And then it found out Nina was coming on. And I was quite intimidated by it because I was like, oh, Christ, she's the queen of AI. Well, she is the <laughs> face. Um, you know, exactly. And 
and I'm going to be, you know, it's going to get a wider audience and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But she, she was impressed with my performance, which was very flattering. And I ended up doing her show. That was my first football pod. And then, yeah, I've done far too many since anyway. <laughs> Do you realise when you say a line like she was impressed with my performance, how difficult <laughs> it is for me to not make a comment about that? Well, I know, you know, this is the other innuendo pod. So, yeah, we probably have to do that occasionally. Yeah, I'm, I, I am going to try and usher myself away from something that's going to get me either in trouble or severely beaten. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the, the the podfather could severely beat you. Yeah. Said. Well, as we established earlier on on Twitter, he carries a handbag full of bricks. But <laughs> the, the less said about that, the better, to be honest. So moving away from gags with his loaded handbag, we've uh, we've been inspired today to do a preview of Batman versus Superman. One of us is quite looking forward to the film. The other one, whose name is Rory, would rather be punched in the face repeatedly than watch it. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I am. I'm very skeptical. It's, it's, no, no, no. I, I am genuinely very skeptical because, um, and I said all along, it's to do with the direction and the concept a little bit because, you know, that we, we obviously discussed a, a Batman film that we all love, and and Nolan is is obviously a hero of of most people's, but especially mine. And I think I'm just I'm worried a little bit the direction the film is going to be going in. But equally, you know, it's a comic book franchise. And I think if you take away, I think that the element of it, and we've talked about it with Superman before, um, as well as Batman, Spider-Man and stuff, that the worry is when films are redone, you can't forget what's come before a little bit. And I I think I'm just a little bit nervous about it because I I don't want it to, I I want it to be a success. I want it to be great because I want to go and love it, but I'm just a bit nervous about it. Yeah, so tell you what, Joe, seeing as you're, you're our wonderful guest, why don't you give us a little, a little rundown? What, what did you sort of think when this was first announced in, it was 2013 at um, wow. San Diego Comic Con? What, what went through your head? I suppose, um, a lot similar to Rory in some respects. Uh, my, my first instinct, uh, because obviously, you know, D- DC hasn't been as successful as Marvel, my first instinct was this will be awful. But then the more I thought about it and the more, you know, I don't read comics. I've read the odd one, but for whatever reason, I've just never really read many comics, but I've got friends who do. And I sort of originally thought the concept of Batman and Superman, I just thought, how can that work? You know, the the disparity in power and things like that. But they've all told me that, and I presume it, it's going to follow the comic to some degree, they've all told me the story's really good. And the more I thought about it, and the more I thought about how much I love these two characters individually, I just thought that that's an interesting thing because my friends who like comics, you know, they're very intelligent guys. They wouldn't, they wouldn't like something if it was rubbish. So I thought there must be a sort of good way that they, they squared off these two characters in in a way that is believable to some degree and makes sense and 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 that excites me and the more we've come towards it the more excited i've become i i still got you know some concerns that it mightn't be great because Zack snyder he's done a couple of films i really like to be fair to him but he's also done the odd one that's you know i'm not a fan of or you know he you know he's a bit marmite isn't he and yeah he, very so, much and I think so that that's a concern for me. But I think ultimately I'm really excited. And I think one of the things that did excite me was I normally avoid trailers. Uh, I'm one of them ultra 
anti-spoiler type characters, so I normally try and avoid them, but I went to see something, I can't remember what film in the cinema, but the trailer for this was on where it shows um, Clark Kent and obviously Bruce Wayne meeting at a party or something. And I really like the sort of the fact that they both know who each other is and are <laughs> yeah. having this sort of this sort of face off in in the you know in the obviously with that without being in as the comic book characters just as themselves and I really like that dynamic and obviously Lex Luthor was standing up and and that yeah. excited me a bit more really. Yeah, snap. Uh, when I first saw it announced, I mean, I, I make no bones about the fact that I'm bored of Superman. I'm I'm 34 years of age, and I can't remember a time when Superman wasn't around in, in some sort of media. And I, I was worried about the, the concept for the exact reason you just said. The disparity in the powers between yeah. the two is just too much to overlook, and I think that's the biggest problem that casual viewers have got. I, I've seen a lot of people online and in person who've said yeah but superman could just melt in with his laser eyes and that's the whole point if he wanted to he really could but if i can just put my uh my comic nerd hat on because i've been preparing this one a little bit you never take it off but yeah go on no but i have to when i'm doing the dishes in case i get food on it (laughs) (laughs) um the there is actually several references in dc comics there's a brilliant graphic novel out there called The Tower of Babel, which is an old Justice League um, novel. I think it's from the 70s or something. Somebody breaks in to Batman's secret files, and Batman has got a dossier about every member of the Justice League, and he's got a plan to bring all of them down. Now, I'm pretty sure you could both guess straight away what his plan for bringing down Superman is. There's only one, isn't there? Yes, exactly. Yes. And that I think the... The assumption by me anyway was, well, there's got to be kryptonite involved in some way, but then that's so played out because all he's got to do is, as we've seen, God, was it Superman 2? You strap him in a a pool with a bit of uh, kryptonite attached to a chain around his waist and he's done. You could then put a bullet in his head, stick a knife through his heart. He's not getting up from that. But thankfully, they seem to have gone the other way where instead of trying to kill him, he's using this suit and it looks like the suit is made of Kryptonian armour. So it's potentially that, that Bruce Wayne has gone scavenging after the events of Man of Steel. And he's found something. So instead of being able to kill Superman, he's actually found a way to sort of level the playing field. And there's a I th- I think bit the, in I think that the trailer. trailer. Yeah, I think the trailer when they the, the fist kind of collides and, and he, he realises Superman that actually I've found a bit of a match. I, yeah. think, I think that's my hope as well. I think, I think I've struggled quite significantly with the not knowing the background that well that the two could even remotely square off against each other because Superman is is all supreme and I think that's what we've said before is I think that's why Superman for me was was always a struggle to get on board I mean the originals were were brilliant in the time especially the effects and the, the soundtrack that song will always kind oh, of, it will yeah. always set you off. Do you Even know what I mean? Now, just mentioning it, honestly, the uh, goosebumps on my arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it really does that. It, it, it is, it is remarkable, and I think that's, and it, I think we talked about comic books, obviously being done, you know, um, in the thirties, forties, fifties. You know, they were, they've obviously been modernised, but these characters were there at a time when actually people might believe that or they needed something to believe in or it was you know so i think superman does identify with that and it's the kind of man of the people element of it where i think there's there's certainly an element of escapism in that 
Yeah, certainly is, certainly is. And I think, you know, that's the, the struggle when you initially kind of get around the concept and when I've seen the trailers, I just haven't got my head around that part of it. Uh, and and then, con- you know, couple that with Schneider's direction, it, it did worry me. That said, in recent days, even even hours as such, I have started to read a little bit more because, you know, I have to break my barriers down and I'm, I'm open to, to, to obviously watching these things. And I do love this kind of genre and, and reading that it's more with Batman where he's, he's almost semi gone into retirement yeah, um, and he feels the need to come out of retirement to, to kind of what he sees as a threat to his, his kind of world. And I like that concept and, and I'm going to have to be the one if no one else is to stick up for, for Ben Affleck as Batman, because Ben Affleck is one of my favorite directors now. And I know as an actor, he does still, you know, split like Marmite, a bit like Schneider does, but I think he's a damn good actor, and I think it's because of the prejudice of, of that period in the kind of nineties, noughties, where it all went to shit. That people kind of still interpret him as being not a good actor. But Goodwill Hunting is still pretty much my favourite film, and he's always had that kind of arrogance about him, and he's always had that kind of cockiness. And yeah, he's had a bad you know, comic book film before and that will always worry people and stuff. But it's, you know, there's this direction and casting and all sorts that goes into that and script and otherwise. And, and if you seen with Reynolds as a, as an element of redemption to be had. And I just think, I just think he's going to, he's, he's a much higher caliber actor than people will ever give him credit for. And I think he might, he might pull it off because I think he suits the Bruce Wayne part just yeah. as well as he could suit the Batman part. So. I think he does. Just, just to go back to what you said, the the, the semi-retirement aspect of it, they, they've drawn quite heavily from uh, the Frank Miller penned Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Which, and that's exactly what happens. Batman is he's retired. He's, he, his body's given up. Decades of fighting and all the abuse have just taken their toll. He's a bit bit fatter, a bit slower, and he just calls time. And it looks like they, they've already said publicly they're taking inspiration from the Dark Knight Returns, but it's also following its own storyline. And they've also sort of wrapped in another really huge Batman arc where they've got the element of the death in the family we've seen in the trailer. You've got uh, Robin's suit, which has got ha, 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 the joke's on you, which is a clear reference to the Joker killing Jason Todd, who at the time was uh, was Robin. They sort of jumped forward compared to what we've seen with the Nolan the Nolan trilogy, we must have jumped forward at least 10 years. Yeah, so I, I'm like trying to be impartial now by saying it's not, I'm not a Ben Affleck fan. I only like Ben Affleck in the Kevin Smith films where he's basically an, a gigantic piss take. But he, you can't compare him to Christian Bale because Christian Bale is Batman at his peak. This is Batman when he's lost it and he's struggling to come back. And in, in a way... I think if they're coming back, I think that they've seen in one of the trailers, he comes back and he's a little bit too violent. Like you see in one of the trailers, he's left a mark on someone with one of the Batarangs and it's really hurt him. And that's another element from the Dark Knight Returns series as well, that when he came back, he'd lost that, that finesse that he had. And he's going around and he's breaking people's bones. And he's really, he's more than roughing people up. He's pretty much killing people. Yeah, I think it's elements of, of the Joker and the the issues he's faced that have got into his head a little bit, which they they out and all the 
the games and the comics and everything that that happens. Joe, what's your feelings about Ben? I, I think it's. Uh, I'm probably closer to you, Rory. I think. I think he, he, like you said, he had a really good start with Goodwill Hunting, and then he made quite a few bad career choices that left him more like tabloid father when he was with J Lo. I was just like going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it just made him a bit of a co- comedy figure, really. And I think if you take all that aside and say, look at his best performances in the likes of The Town and Gone Girl and Margo, you know, if you look at them performances, he's definitely got the chops for for Batman. And I think, funnily enough, that aging thing in in a way and that comeback parallels his career in a way because when he had that downturn, if you'd have said he'd be winning Oscars and, and things like that and then get him, the role as Batman years later, nobody would have believed it because he, no. you know, he was really he, he he was just out of the game in terms of those type of films and yeah. those types of achievements. I think he, he he's got it in him to do a really good job, and it, and he seems to have captured. Obviously, I know where Stu mentioned it. Then he, I think he seems from the trailers anyway. He seems to have been able to capture that sort of anger, yeah, at, 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 that, that he's got with Superman and with. With, with what's going on. And I'm really interested to see that, you know, how he Stu. does that. I think he can do it. Yeah. Yeah, Stu. So, yeah, so you, you kind of nodded along in, in metaphorical kind of speak on a podcast, but when those kind of films were mentioned, do you not think Ben Affleck's produced some good films in recent years? I'll admit I haven't seen a lot of them, but Gone Girl was incredibly good i i watched yeah. that thinking oh well it's a ben affleck film i haven't been as confused in a good way after a film as as when i watched it's Gone also Girl. a I, david fincher film so you've got it you know with with direction wise when finch is involved you're normally getting a good you know great performance from all its leads but still i i think this this could be if there's anything that's going to win me over and put me on the the ben affleck isn't a big massive turd train it's going to be a successful depiction of late late career batman but as you said before he's definitely got the swagger of bruce wayne you see him walking into a party wearing oh he's he's a five thousand dollar tux he doesn't look out of place you see him pulling up in a in a ferrari or something you know ben affleck has probably got better cars than they're going to put him (laughs) in so he he looks every inch the bruce wayne he does the the build of him if you look at the artist in in the dark knight Batman is quite rotund. He's a little bit barrel-chested, and that's the way that he looks. Ben Affleck is still in very good shape, but he's he's quite he's quite chesty, if you see what I mean. Like he looks very broad-chested, very broad-shouldered. So you imagine he's going to be a little bit slower, but yeah. you you know that you've seen in the fight scenes. I think in the most recent one where you see him jump off the bat wing, yeah, when he's fighting, he's still throwing the punches just as hard. He's just not leaping around. So I think. W- He's a bit like a heavyweight that's kind yeah. of, you know, he's, he's kind of moved up it. a couple of classes in, yeah. in you know, in, in boxing. So he's he's moved up. He's not as nimble as he was, but he's still he's still got a, a good strong punch and a good arsenal behind him. I think. And the main I think thing that's is the he's got the brain. Batman's major component. At take away all the gadgets, the yeah. armor. Batman's main weapon has always been his brain and his tactical knowledge. So. You imagine he's going to be like a he's going to be like a centre half, isn't he? Who's lost his pace? His positioning now is going to be key. So if he can't jump out the way of a punch, he'll try to get himself in a position where 
the punch won't even be connecting with him anyway or something like that. Yeah, I think the crucial element with his performance is his emotion because I think the thing people struggle with Affleck is his emotion because he doesn't often portray it very well. Um, in recent years, because he's become such an acclaimed director, I think he's learned how to put emotion into other actors and it's kind of helped his individual performance. I think The Town is a really good example of that. Argo's a great film. Um I just think he's he's one of the best directors at the moment around because he, he's he's learned a lot from other people, um, and his acting performances, uh, especially in Gone Girl, is is just outstanding. So I, I've got hope for him. I think my concern more sits on Superman. I was shoulders. just going to say that I, uh, Joe has been brought on to be the the voice of Superman. <laughs> is there any way, Joe, that you can defend Henry? Wooden as hell, Cavill. Jay probably doesn't know who he is because I don't really know who he is either. It's a it's it's a hard one because sometimes I'm blinded by characters I like, and I really enjoyed Man of Steel at least three quarters of it, or you know, just over half of it. Sorry, this seems to be a technical issue on the line. It sounded like you said you enjoyed Man of Steel. (laughs) I did, I did for my sins. Um, There was some something about. Obviously, a lot of it weren't necessarily to do with Cavill, in fairness. So a lot of it was like, I liked the things like the um, Superman struggling to adapt to his powers and, you know, hearing what everyone thinks. When he's doing all his jobs working yeah, around the world. hearing what everyone's saying about him, sorry. And, I've got to you know, admit, that bit is actually very good. When you see him working on the oil rig and he's he's travelled everywhere and he figures the only place he can go where he's not yeah. going to be burdened by his powers is literally the middle of the North Sea or something. Yeah. Totally, all that type of stuff I, I enjoyed. Um, it, it was more than anything. I, I even liked the idea of the fact that you know how spoiler for Man of Steel, obviously anyone who's seen it, how the thing that helped him beat obviously Zod was that they hadn't had that adaptation process to the Earth, and yeah. because of that, and he had adapted. That gave him an advantage over them, and, and I enjoyed that. So I and I liked I liked the Russell Crowe in it as well. So a lot of the stuff I'm liking probably a lot will disagree with, but I, I did enjoy it. But because I do love Superman, I can't really judge his performance that well. I I, I thought it was all right, but I couldn't comment on what he's been like in other roles or anything like that because I'm not even sure I've seen him in much else to be honest. Um, I haven't either, Matt. I, I don't think I have. All I know is, for, from my point of view, when you've got Christopher Reeve, Christopher Reeve oh. was he was he managed to be bone dry as Superman, but then he was the lovable, funny, bumbling idiot as Clark Kent. Perfect. Henry Cavill is too muscly, too handsome, and too uncharismatic to be Clark Kent. He walks into a room and you'd think, yeah, right, okay, that guy's just a reporter. I think he's. I worry that he's too big. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think that's the element where we 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 we're very pro on on Marvel. If anyone hasn't already figured that out by now, um, but we we're, we're pro on Marvel because they can cast really well. And I mean, when you have got someone like Jeremy Renner in a kind of 
almost small apart. And Jeremy Renner's a really good actor who plays extremely emotionally, extremely well, and doesn't get a chance to use it very much. And then you, you bring in people like Mark Ruffalo, and you bring in, you know, initially you've got, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, well, that's that's the one. I mean, Downey Jr.'s career is 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 incredible if you want to take notice of it because he's done some wonderful films outside of these, and people forget that. Um, and he's had some great career fumbles where he's been addicted to all sorts um i think at one point or another he's been addicted to literally everything i think he he nails it yeah and and he's a great comedy you know comedic actor as well and i think that kind of shows that if you could cast the right person in the role they've got to play both sides of it and i think we think all the 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 casts of of the Marvel element have, have, have been portrayed really well. The other one that worries me a little bit in this film is, is Jeremy Irons. Really? Um, yes. I was going to pull Jeremy Irons up as a plus. Oh, well, Michael Caine's been really made it his own. And, and that's we talked true. about, is it Michael Goff before that who did all the original battles oh, and kind God, of yeah. worked through the whole area, you know, worked through all of them. And I just don't, Irons is a bit over the top and, it's it's not a part that needs to be over the top. It's a part that needs to be played with subtlety. See, I actually kind of like that. I like knowing that. I mean, Jeremy Irons is sort of he's like Brian Blessed Big, isn't he? He's, he's got that much. He's got that sort of a voice that he's, he's got the voice. Yeah, he's got the voice, and I like the idea that he's he's potentially going to be toning it down. But I think the reason that he makes sense in the comics and even in the cartoons, every now and then. There's the moments where Alfred really has to put his daddy pants on and tell Bruce that he's just been an unbelievable brat. And I think there might be an element of that. Maybe the first time that Bruce, that, that Bruce goes out on the streets as Batman, yeah. he's too heavy-handed. And maybe when he gets back, he gets told off by Alfred. And I does play the mentor that, a lot. Yeah. That would be very, very good to see. It'd be interesting, but it's it's going to be hard to get your head around uh, him playing, a uh, telling telling off an old man. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. if, if we're talking about Affleck being forties, fifties, it's 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 a different kind of, it's a different arc, and you know, I, I'm interested how that kind of works. I think Amy Adams will probably bring a lot of quality to the role. She's still Lois, right? I'm yeah, still she right is. Uh, yeah. That. Going through the rest of the cast. Amy Adams is a great, 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 great Amy actress. Adams, Jesse Eisenberg, who I was nervous about at first as Lex Luthor, but when you see I'm him still in the trailers, about... I think he's got the right level of smart. The only thing is, I think he's a bit too young looking for Lex Luthor. I, I want Lex I think Luthor he's too to young. a bit yeah, chiselled, but you've still then got Diana Lane as Martha Kent. Lawrence yeah. Fishburne as Perry White's a good one. It is. Um, Holly Hunter. And then the big one, Gal Gadot. She, yeah. She, she's taken a lot of shit since she was cast. And in fact, a lot of it's been she for the most ridiculous perfect. reasons, i.e. the size of her chest. But in oh, terms of sh- the armour and the way she's portrayed and go, when you were saying before about the two sides, when she walks into a room, she looks like Diana Prince. She looks like an Amazonian princess. She carries herself with such a... She she has got like a royal aura around her. Yeah, she But at does. the same time, she looks like she could, you know, like Wonder Woman would. She could punch you and you'd land half a mile away if she wanted to. Yeah, uh, I think the introduction of Wonder Woman's good. I think I think it's a good element to it. Yeah, the um, line of you, something like you you've 
I think it's Bruce says something like, oh, I've, I've never met a woman quite like you. And she says, oh, you've definitely never met a woman like me, something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think she might be the one that actually, because she's such a kind of crucial element to the film by all accounts, it would seem. I think yeah. she'll be she'll be good. I think she's she's quite crucial then. Um, and her introduction and how, how it plays out is quite, quite interesting. I think the elements for me that, you know, I think the casting looks generally pretty solid I, I can i can see your reservations about henry and i think like joe said i think the one part about it is it it, it, it looks more of an action-based film than a oh than a scripted film. and i think because of that you can probably get away with a certain extent of a kind of wooden superman because superman in that context is quite straight-faced quite emotionless you know and i think to an extent I don't dislike the film, the last Superman film, as much as you. I think that the one before, I had serious reservations about. Oh, the about. one with Brandon Routh. Oh, yeah. God. That, that I like film Brandon should Routh be wiped from our minds but, using a, yeah. a, 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 oh. some kind of men in black device. Yeah, it, it just it, it didn't work. But I think the last one, I think, is what obviously convinced them that Zack Snyder could do it. And I think Zack Snyder, like Joe says, I think there's elements where some of his films have proven it because I like Watchmen a lot. I mean, Watchmen's a really good comic book adaptation. Um, it's really quite dark at times and it, and it looks right because his, his gloss finish to films really does bother me. <laughs> like supremely does bother me. I'm a kind of anti 300 person, which oh. not many people are. Yeah. Well, I know, what? but it's just <laughs> ridiculous. It's the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever seen when it's, just so glossy and so finished because give me right give me two films give me 300 and give me gladiator on the same billing which one would you enjoy more 300 you're kidding every day of the week for the simple reason that the way they shot it like that was because they wanted it to be an absolute transfer from the comic pages and that's why it's so glossy yeah, but it, so do you like Snyder's up. direction then? Because he's 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 literally lived out in that kind of matte gloss finish in every film he's done. I'm I'm up and down, but I won't. I actually only watched 300 for the first time last year because I, okay. I've got this thing. If people tell me to watch a film and tell me it's amazing, I'm not going to watch it just to do the reds. And like, have I've you never, watched? Have you watched Mad Max yet? Uh, I've still not watched it. You absolute bastard. <laughs> I, I, I watch all these comic book series you're making me watch, and you won't even watch Mad Max. You've seen the how busy film my TV schedule is. I, 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 I spend more time in a day watching TV than I do sleeping. And I'm not even joking. I genuinely do. I get about five hours sleep, and I get about seven hours TV a day. It's hard life keeping up this persona of just being a know-it-all bastard. Um, I've, I've got a good one for Joe the, the, on. one of the biggest criticisms that most people have, have levelled at the film in the build up is that there's just too much going on you've got Batman yeah. versus Superman you've got Lex Luthor's in the background he's clearly trying to piss off Lois Lane again he then brings up Doomsday and then you've got the aspect of Wonder Woman comes in and then you've got the Justice League element where the Flash and the Cyborg and um, Aquaman are all in it in some capacity. Does this bother you? Uh, I wouldn't say it bothers me. It, it, it concerns a bit the way that I'd use, just because obviously uh, I've listened to your pods and you've spoke so much and so well about the Marvel films. It's like anything, it all depends on how well it's done. 
if it's yeah. done in the right way, it can work, you know. And so many of these things, if you'd have asked your average film fan, of which I'm one, uh, I'd probably have predicted many of these films wouldn't work or with all the tie-ins and stuff because past experience would suggest it won't. It's too hard to do and there'll be too much going on and too many different story strands and things. But if the right people do the right jobs, uh, as we've seen, it can work brilliantly and elevate it to be so much more than the sum of its parts. Obviously, as we've said, some of these parts aren't necessarily ideal, but as you know, I've I've heard pretty good things about this, and that there's enough there to excite me that they might pull it off. You know, sometimes what happens as well is you you have a film where you think that's really good, but it could still lose half an hour. That may well happen, but it I'd just be happy with it being like that. You know, it may not be like a an Avengers assemble where it, you know everything goes off perfectly. That's extremely unlikely, but. I'd be more than happy if it's a very good film, and hopefully it will be. Yeah, I've got, as each each trailer that's come out, I've got more and more confident that it's going to be a good film. I don't know if it's going to be a great film. I I just can't see it pulling the sort of numbers that Marvel do, and I think part of that is going to be because of the budget. I think it's going to have a bigger budget than a lot of the big Marvel releases. It's also going to have a huge CGI budget compared to some of the Marvel ones. And the PR that they've done on this is like nothing I've ever seen. I can't move at the minute for seeing Batman versus Superman posters, either individually, you know, one face or the other, or the gigantic ones where they're just staring at each other. And then they've had all the viral campaigns that they've had with, you know, I've seen quite a few times when it first was announced, there was websites where all of a sudden the page would peel back and it would be, you know, a poster of of Batman with the, the Superman logo or Superman with the Batman logo over his face, like, you know, fake graffiti. And it's, I'm concerned about the elements because it, it, the... I forget where I read it, but somebody somewhere has said that the Doomsday stuff is only supposed to be about three quarters of the way through the film. Yeah. So before we get to that point, we've seen the tension between Clark and Bruce. We've seen Batman come out of retirement, and presumably he's got to have a couple of nights out before he gets back into the swing of things. We've then got Wonder Woman introduced as as Diana Prince. We've got at least two fight scenes between Batman and Superman because there's one where Batman's in his normal clobber and then where he's wearing this Kryptonian armour. And then Doomsday comes out and then there's still quarter of a film to go. It, to me, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot next, of film. You've got to tie in these other characters and all the development and and some at least some bloody um, scripts in there. And, and they and, said that the, the the three Justice League characters are only supposed to be in very small cursory roles. Yeah, I'm but sure still, they are. You, you've it's, got to introduce if you start talk, if you put Victor Stone, who's the cyborg on screen, you've got to at least spend ten minutes explaining what happened to him with the experiments and you know the but they probably metal won't grafted. they probably won't though mate i think and if they don't that's going to piss me right off because he is one I, of I my think favorite piss characters off the, the fans of the franchise i think that's the crucial element with it i think they produce this as obviously to kickstart their their future plans and, and the future films and all the rest of it that comes along with it and the merchandise and everything else but i don't think they'll have done it as carefully as as martha will have done i don't I think don't. they'll have done it 
Because we've said that before, I think it feels a little bit rushed. I know it's been announced a while ago, and I know there's been a lot of development that gone into this film. But I think without any, you know, you know, the Marvel uh, Avengers film came on the back of two Iron Man films, a Captain America film. Five, did it? There was five films in the first phase yeah. before um, Avengers Assemble, and that spanned was it six or seven years or something? Yeah, so, so you don't it was have gradual. to. You don't have you can watch Avengers and you can have no understanding of what's gone before, right? Which is quite miraculous. Yeah. Or you can watch it and then you can realise what's gone before because there's enough subtlety and hints in there to say about Captain America, you know, the jokes about him being, you know, popsicle for whatever else. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um so you can you can you can feel those elements of it and, and you obviously I think it helps if you watch the first Thor film and watched Iron Man and, and Captain America, but I don't think it's a it's a game changer. Whereas I think with something like this, you, you're throwing Wonder Woman in the mix, Aquaman, you know, all the other characters and elements where they've just had no connection before to the film. No. So the, the, the it, that's what bothers me, me. You know, with, with the lack of connection, is if you ask most people about the Flash, most casual people would be able to tell you who he is. Yeah. Similarly with Aquaman, you know, Aquaman's become a bit of a punchline in comic book films because, oh God, all he can do is he can talk to the fish. He's actually, <laughs> Aquaman is incredibly strong. He was even better when he lost his arm and, he, and his best solution was he grafted a harpoon onto it because then he turned into a real fucking badass. But if you just drop a cyborg on the screen and don't explain who he is, yeah. what his story is, and just completely gloss over the fact that Cyborg is one of the original members of the Justice League. It's going to look stupid. I'm, I'm crazy excited about Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Yeah, he's perfect. He, he looks incredibly good. He looks like Marvel-level casting. I'm pissed off about Ezra Miller as The Flash because Grant Gustin's Barry Allen to me. I, I think they've just completely done him a, a, a great disservice. Yeah, they probably but have. I, I get the feeling that this is supposed to be two, if not three, films in one. This is Batman versus Superman. Superman versus Doomsday, who was the, the main protagonist in the death of Superman. And then the lead into the Justice League. So I, I've got a feeling this is going to be one of those films where you're going to walk away tired because you've had so much information thrown at you that you've really struggled to, to process it. I I found, funnily, when you said that, I, I didn't find it tiring from the information aspect, but Age of Ultron was quite heavily action-based. And I remember watching that in, in 3D IMAX and, and going away from that going, Christ, that was quite an attack on the senses. Do you know what I mean? There was no much downtime with it. Especially that last fight scene. That was oh, very... God, yeah. Very it was a big but if I've seen it went on for quite a long period of time as well and I think I think from my perspective what I liked about the first Avengers film more was was the interpersonal relationships and the dialogue and how quick-witted it was and and I'm a I'm a, a film fan you know I, I'm a, a script fan I, I like all the work that goes into the writing and production not just the action elements of it and that's what the Schneider part of it you know, comes into my kind of mindset as well. And I think, you know, the reason why I'm so excited about the Winter Soldier or Civil War um, was because of the Winter Soldier, because it was like an old spy film, you know, in terms of script and, and the action was much more subtle. It wasn't as heavily influenced by all the CGI. Um, and obviously this new film has got a lot more cast thrown at it and a lot more elements and, and probably a, a 
a bigger action-based budget, but I still don't think it'll lose sight of the script and what's important about the film. Whereas I'm just, uh, I think with this film, it's a great popcorn film. You know, it's probably one of going to be the ultimate popcorn film maybe this year or next few years where it's a, it's a, it's an open to mass audience. But it, from a comic book reader perspective or a, a comic book film appreciator perspective, that's where I have my concerns. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's where it will be a good film on the surface perhaps um but i don't think it'll be a great film but obviously i haven't seen it and 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 you know i'm I'm hoping it's going to be great and hoping all the, the script and everyone's just going to absolutely nail it because it does set up great things if they get it right it does and i think that talking about an onslaught of the senses i think uh, that seems like a really good time for us to segue into a short break just stay where you are we'll be back in a few seconds you're listening to the anfield index podcast channel 
the way they sold it to me, and it was something I hadn't really got before they explained it to me through the films. They explained to me, like you said, that Batman's real strength, as you said, is not his strength and it's not his money, it's his, his intelligence. And they conveyed to me that the only reason he had this chance against Superman is because of that intelligence. And I love that idea. I love the idea of, for all his physical skill and all his wealth, it's the intelligence he's got that does actually give him a chance using the tools like kryptonite and, and, and his gadgets and things to combat Superman. And for, for my enjoyment, definitely, that's the thing that'll seal it. If they can convey this real hyper-intelligence that Bruce Wayne has got, that's what will make the film work for me because then I'll believe, yeah, actually, I can see how he does have this chance and that equalises the sort of power imbalance this intelligence combined with those other assets he's got will give him a chance. And also, like Rory's touched on, they're the things, you know, that that make me love love action films really it, it's very rarely I, I'm probably different to a lot of people it's very rare that I will actually rave about action scenes I do enjoy them don't get me wrong but it's the the character and intelligence setups for the action that make me love the action more if that makes sense so yeah yeah that's it, I, 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 still, I still love action scenes but some like you know my partner for example she loves a lot of the same stuff as me, but she's more likely to be blown away by special effects, whereas I'm not. I will enjoy that side, but it's the other stuff, the heart and the intelligence. And if they get that right and and, and explain as well the reason for this clash between these two heroes, these two, you know, I would think you guys are no better than me, but I would say these are the two most iconic superheroes. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah, definitely yeah, say yeah. so. And if they can pull off selling why these two would actually clash and why it would reach that sort of level of real anger between the two and and that intelligence and heart, I think that will really sell the film and really yeah. make it be a success. I, I so, think that's the thing. I think it's the heart that we hope that maybe Affleck's performance might bring, and that's why Stu's got some scepticism over Cavill. But I think... He doesn't I think have a right. heart. He has a crumpled piece of newspaper. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, one other thing, sorry, I've just got to say this, or I'll kick myself. A lot of things that they, they don't compare to Marvel, which is sort of, you know, theirs is like textbook now. It's been done so well. But one yeah. thing I think, if I understand it right, that they did do that well, that got a lot of flack at the time, was in the first Man of Steel, a lot of people's major criticism, or one of them was, Superman's had this fight and loads of people have been killed because he's fighting in the city and it looks like that's going to be one of the setups for Batman's it is. anger to Superman and I love that, that actually that has actually linked in that is, and it gives him that motivation doesn't it that is that's actually, the key that, one that's, yeah. my, that's the positive, I was going to be superficial and say uh, Wonder Woman because she looked absolutely phenomenal <laughs> but, but my main one is exactly what you've just said. I love the fact that for the first time, really, in, 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 a, in a superhero film, we're dealing with the aftermath of a fight between superpowered beings. That They've got a cracking shot. The, the bit in Man of Steel where Zod and Superman are fighting with their laser eyes and it cuts through a building. Yeah. We now realise that that building was a, a Wayne financial building 
And that's one of the things that pisses him off because it's not just his company, it's his people that have been killed by this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Superman, it looks like he gets brought in front of some kind of a, a government committee or a, he, yeah. he's, he's being held accountable. And we haven't really seen that on the big screen. We've seen it on the small screen. We've seen, yeah. say, yeah. Daredevil and Jessica Jones. They, they've mentioned the, uh, the fallout from the Battle of New York. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dealt with the battle after um, Thor The Dark World with everything that happened in London. But I don't think we've ever really seen it on a film scale. You know, you see New York gets decimated in the Avengers. Well, what happens the next day? You know, when the rest of them are all going the separate ways. So Thor takes Loki back to Asgard. Well, okay, but what about all the buildings that have just been leveled? What about all the leftover bodies of the, the aliens, which we now know were taken away to be tested on and... You know, Pete Hydra have tried to get them to try and work, you know, to try and use the the bits and what have you. I love the fact that they're actually trying to tie up a superhero film with the reality of, well, what happens if a building falls down? You know, people are going to die. There's going to be a mess. And it it stands to reason, doesn't it, that the first time this happens, you know, you might say, oh, bloody hell, we don't know what to do. But when this keeps happening, sooner or later, the government, and it looks like it might even be the governments of the world, have got to step in and say, look, this is, you know, you're actually posing more of a threat than the guy that you were stopping. I think the scene in the trailer that it's it's implying that is is when Ben Affleck's running towards a, a little girl that he kind of saves from the rubble and the destruction of buildings and stuff. So I think that's probably the breaking point for him. Yeah, um, it looks very I think very he's emotive. always been close. If you read the comics or understand that there's always that kind of tension between the two and they, they eventually maybe work it out. We'll, we'll see if it happens because um, they've got to fight against other elements. And I think that's what this film will obviously allude to. Yeah. Um, it looks like that's potentially going to be Wonder Woman's role. It looks like Wonder Woman is, is very much the, uh, the glue that binds them together. And they sort of realize, yeah. that, you know, super Batman's got a problem with Superman because he's an all powerful godlike creature but he's got absolutely no accountability. He doesn't report to anyone. Yeah. And Superman obviously feels that Batman's got a massive chip on his shoulder. He, yes, he may have destroyed buildings, but he was doing so while he was trying to protect the planet because it's easy to forget that the main point of, of Man of Steel, Zod was trying to terraform the planet. So he was going to wipe out humanity to make it into another Krypton. So you could argue that there's an element of the whole, you know, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs thing. And, there's a bit of collateral damage and we did see at the end of Man of Steel, Superman sort of dropped his cape of being the ultimate good to, you know, snap Zod's neck. So there's... Yeah, I think I think that those dark elements have kind of come into it because I think the Superman of old, it, it's, for all its, its intents and purposes, for all the positives, you know, cinema has moved on. You, you need... You need edge to, to, you know, enhance an audience and engage with an audience because audience have seen much more dramatic things recently. And I think, I think the Nolan films do come into it because you can't help but hide the fact that though that trilogy of films are probably things that have, have kicked on this part of cinema oh, they, more they, than they anything else. They, I mean, the Spider-Man trilogy. Did did do some good things, and I know you're not a big Tobey Maguire fan in, in, in that role. I know, but th- those first two Spider-Man films did did start to enhance the idea and the genre again. Um, but the Batman films just took it to a whole another level because you bring in a director like Nolan, 
who who writes the script, who directs, who does all the aspects of it, who brings in all these stellar cast members and directs them perfectly um, and makes a real Gotham, you know, a real dark, gritty, edgy, non-CGI almost effects kind of city. So I think it is going to feel very different to that style of film and from someone who loves that style of film and who loved the kind of original Batman films as well in the way that they were done. That's what worries me. But, you know, like I said, you know, things evolve, things change, and you've got to kind of adapt to that. And that's why I'm more than happy to, you know, hope and, 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 and you know, expect it will be a good film. Yeah, I I mean, you, I, I'm a bit of a 50-50 on that one because I do agree that cinema has moved on. You know, it's... We we well, always Marvel come back Marvel to the same things. We, we, yeah. we always come back now to the grittiness that Netflix have provided, and obviously, yeah, th- those, thi- those like. things weren't yeah. out when Man of Steel was coming out. But I, I do I understand that at some point it's like a development of of Superman. At some point in his life, Superman realistically would wake up and say, "You know what? I can't keep doing this." while maintaining this cloak of, you know, I'm the ultimate good guy, I don't kill. You know, Zod was going to try and take over the planet. He had to put him down. But at the same time, the second they did that, the second he twists his head, it's not Superman anymore. Whether cinema's moved on or not, Superman has always been the ultimate face of good. I, I, you couldn't see Marvel ever getting Captain America to do that twist. You know, he's going to be fighting no. Iron Man in Civil War, but if he was ever in a position to actually put Tony Stark down for good, he wouldn't do it because no matter what's going on in the wider world, Steve Rogers has got his values and Superman has always had his. And I didn't like the fact that for the sake of a film, Superman compromised everything. And that's one of my least favourite things about Man of Steel is the fact that they just completely shit in the face of arguably the most iconic comic book character of all time. See, I, I, obviously you've got the, the comic book perspective there and the, the real history of the character, but for me, I, I, obviously this, your knowledge is far surpasses mine, so I, I'm just speaking as a fan of the films and things. Yeah, I... I Maybe Captain America might might be one who could do it, maybe Superman. But for me, any hero who had the option of... Well, I, I would think most heroes who had the option of saving people. I think Zod was about to kill people. He was. And he, their, own, and he, their he was only about option to out was young, to kill I someone. Kid. I think if you believe that his only way out was to kill him, then I think he would kill him. I think anyone would kill him if he was about to kill a family, or, or uh, as, as if I recall correctly. So I believe most heroes, even Superman, obviously we can never know this, if their only way out was to kill someone, I would like to think they would do it because he was about to, as you say, kill them people and also kill everyone on the planet, as you say. So yeah. I think whilst that's a great price for the character to pay, if that was the only option, I couldn't imagine him not doing it. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm with that as well. I, I get the comic book perspective because uh, Superman's persona and exterior in the way he always has been. But I think I think films have to try and push boundaries a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because we, we've done shows like The Walking Dead and... Uh, other various things that have been adapted um, from comic book form. And I think 
to do that, sometimes they have to slightly change the mold and, and change the style. I know, I know comic books of this type and these characters are, are very much set in stone, but what me and you, Stu, kind of have issues with is that nothing ever changes. Yeah, true. From a Spider-Man and Superman perspective. So, you know, um, I think you've got to, you've got to change things up a little bit. And I think Batman's the same, but I think we're so used to now Batman in that, that role and Christian Bale's Batman that it does have to move away from that. And I think I'm, I'm the Lex Luthor that portrays me is the Smallville one, even though I didn't watch much of it. Uh, you know, that's the one that's the, the actor in my head. So, I'm intrigued by Eisenberg. I am intrigued by him because I really like him, but I like him in really small indie films like Adventureland and, and like Zombieland. And, and he was great things. in The Social Network, wasn't he? I he was that. wonderful he in was. Social Network. And yeah. well, there's a bit of a leap, isn't there, from going going from uh, from Mark Zuckerberg to to one of the most archetypal villains. Going. Yeah. I mean, well, let's, let's, let's the other thing is... people would have you believe that you know Facebook is is run by evil empires, but you know <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, but those are the kind of people that sit around with tin foil on the head so that the satellites can't read the brains and stuff. <laughs> but I, I, I... I, the thing is, I do actually, I totally accept what you're saying about the yeah the, the thing, and this is actually gives me a chance to plug. I, I had an idea before for a pod off the back of Deadpool and Daredevil in in maybe a couple of months, because we're going to have to put some research into this. I want us to do a pod examining the inner workings of the mind of the anti-hero for that exact thought process. And my thinking is always, if you can kill one to save thousands, any hero would do that apart from Superman and apart from Captain America, they're like the paragons. They are the absolute yeah, virtues like of the justice. Yeah, like if, Bat- if Batman kills someone, you accept it because Batman is is a vigilante. Batman's always had a little bit of a, a love-hate relationship with the police and with certain parts of the government, whereas Superman has always been the angel on everyone's shoulder. But it, it's certainly a good point, and it's, you, I can't ever be unhappy when someone makes a character grittier because... That's the realism, isn't it? Which is more yeah. likely that this guy would come down to earth and no matter what happens, he would always have this wonderful, cheery disposition or at some point something would change and he'd think, you know well, what? The earth is robust on him eventually. You know? the earth Everyone's got a breaking point. Place. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think as well, you know, go, go, going back to it, it, a lot of people say Superman's boring. He's not to me, but I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Well, well that... That's real, really interesting stuff. This guy who, who who has always tried to be this beacon for good and for hope and for always, you know, doing the right thing and not using his power to kill, is put in a situation where he has to break his own rule. Yeah. You know, obviously, that was a large part of the Dark Knight as well. The Joker was trying yeah. to get Batman to kill, and and the fact that he's had to do that to somebody from his home planet. Maybe they'll bring some of that guilt in, and I, I think that will make the character more interesting because that would. There, there, there are a lot of people who who do have these, you know, principles, but sometimes are put in a position where they've got no option but to break it. You know, I'd say it's obviously the superhero films, but I'd say it's much more realistic that someone does sometimes break their own golden rule. I think you if, know, you, if you get in a, a situation hot, like that, yeah. 
if you get a kind of mindset, a kind of more human mindset, a realistic mindset into Superman, it breaks down the barriers and it, it, and it kind of breaks down the actor a little bit and, and you get to see more emotional elements of him, which Stu doesn't think he has. No, but, this will but be you've a got big a telltale sign because I, yeah. I love what Joe just said yeah. about the guilt. That that would be, I would, li- I would like to see from a, from a Superman development point of view, because I do think he's boring, but when I say boring, I'm more often than not mean he's a played out character. Everybody knows who Superman is and they haven't done anything revolutionary to him. And you could be absolutely right. Maybe this is the breaking point and this is where they start to pull cinema Superman away from comic book and TV Superman. And I would like to yeah, think maybe... Cinema that, Superman's not moved on. No, he, he on. hasn't moved on um, in 30, And Spider-Man, years. Spider-Man's the same. There's a few key characters where there's interesting arcs that they can they can work with. And I think they've got to now... I think cinema is now such a big business. I think I didn't really get a chance to touch upon it, and I'll, I'll briefly do it. But the marketing of this budget does worry me in terms of cinema development. Did you say it was something like $100 million on marketing? I think it's $100 million on marketing or something. And it's $250 million shooting budget. So already they've got to pull in half the sort of numbers. Well, for it to be successful as well, they'll want to be pulling in... They need uh, a billion. billion. Yeah, billion dollar film. If you're spending $350, $400 million on making yeah. and promoting it's, a film... If you get if you don't make your money back at least twice over, oh, it, will be, it will be considered a failure, even though well, it won't be one. You look at Deadpool's budget, and that's gross over seven hundred million, million. That's yeah, dollars balmy. worldwide, and their budget's got to be under hundred million, including marketing, because their think- marketing was their marketing was intelligent and and subtle, and and it was quite a lot of it. Um, but it, it was subversive, wasn't it? A lot of it was. YouTube videos and, and viral yeah, campaigns and, exactly, and guests exactly. on TV shows. So the only budget they had was however long it takes. Ryan yeah, it's not being sponsored scene. by Meerkats and Turkish Airlines. Let me put it that way. I love um, the Turkish <laughs> airline advert. Get off. It's I know, and that's, that's, it does bother me a little bit because, you know, cinema has moved on to being, you know, comic books are now the big hitters every year. And that's, you know, Avatar's a bit separate to that. But, you know, sci-fi and, and, and comic book franchises are things that studios think will make money and they want to build franchises out of. Um, and and if these marketing budgets are going like they are, there will always be room for, for general cinema. But the budget for marketing of this film is, is more than the budget for probably every Oscar winner, like best film for the last multiple years do you know what i mean it, it's, yeah it, it's it's an action film and it's made for the mass market um well it's like the full... football analogy isn't it we we all football fans widely accept that chelsea ruined football once they started overspending <laughs> so I, I do know what you mean it could it, i just i just it concerns me with now that it's becoming about the marketing rather than about the the film do you know what i mean it's like... it sets unrealistic expectations where other people are going to think well you know, the yeah. next time, let's just say, I, I'm not a big fan of his and big what that he won an Oscar, but, you know, yeah. the, the next Leonardo DiCaprio film comes out. If it's not being rammed down your throat like Batman Superman is, people will consider it to be under-marketed, whereas it's, yeah. it's at the, actually the opposite. Batman Superman has definitely been over-marketed. Well, I think that's the thing you said. You said you don't want to watch a film that's been shoved in your direction. But right? it's got Batman in it. That's the, that's well, the No, 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 no. Um, yeah, but for, from my perspective... That's what starts to get me more dubious as it goes along because I'm just like, why do you need to push it so hard? Do you yeah. know, I, I know it's to make your money back, 
But is it because it's a shit film and you just need everyone to come before the, the ratings even hit? Do you know what I mean? It's That, it, that has been levelled at them. I can't remember who. It might have been Zack Snyder or one of the yeah. writers w- was posed with the question of, well, when they dropped Doomsday in the second trailer, yeah. a lot of questions were saying, well, hang on, should that not have been the big reveal? And that's when they were saying, oh, no, no, this is only the three-quarter point. And they were going, well, hang on, you don't need to just keep one thing back. You could have kept two. You could have made all the trailers about Clark oh, versus yeah. Bruce, then in comes Wonder Woman, Batman fights Superman, and then leave it, and then everything else that happens is it is a complete shock. And I think it's an element of what you said. By giving away Doomsday, yeah. maybe that gets an extra couple of hundred thousand dollars of tickets. And I think they are concerned. As soon as this opening weekend's done, what's everyone going to do? They're going to be going, oh, well, Iron Man 3 made this much, and oh, well, the Avengers made this much. Of course much. they are. You know, you know and, and it's like every film now is judged upon the last. So I mean, they've got know, to outperform Deadpool. Uh, well, they, they, they have to comfortably outperform Deadpool. And because, I don't think it will. I mean, Dead, well, Deadpool's been destroying it. I know, no, no, I agree, but I think I think with the marketing budget, it has to. Oh, yeah, um, it absolutely has to. You, you, you know, can't spend I think, it, million. I think what it definitely has to do, Yeah. No, not necessarily um, outperform Deadpool, although the, I'm sure that's definitely what they're aiming for. Oh, so As you say, yeah. Deadpool's a phenomenon. More than anything, what it really needs to do, because they front-loaded this compared to Marvel, as you said earlier, yeah. it needs to set up them other films. If it, it sets does. up a rolling franchise, even if it doesn't break all the records that it probably needs to, then at least it's they've, they've paid the money to set up these multiple franchises yeah. going off. Like Because that's True. their dream. They want what Marvel have already oh, got. Oh, absolutely. And, and they, they have got plans. I mean, they're introducing the cyborg the Cyborg solo film is in 2020, so they are wow. very much trying to do the Marvel long game of, look, we're going to drop this character in, we're probably going to reference him again in maybe another two years' time, but you won't see him, you won't learn his story and his troubles for another four years. But in a way, to me, I, I, I still think that they're playing catch-up and they're doing it too late in the day. When you think Marvel's just about to go, uh, is in phase three, and technically now DC are only starting phase one. It's too late in the day for them to be playing this game now. They, they should have done this before um, the Dark Knight. That Batman Begins should have been the start of their their Justice League campaign. Yeah, but they just weren't ready. And, no, I, and I think I they, think they Joe, Joe made a great point earlier on that Marvel now any future filmmakers and franchise makers and Disney are excellent across the board at this, even, even with their, their Pixar kind of work, which, you know, don't, does go understated because everyone just relates it back to Pixar, but, um, they are, and, and Star Wars to come, they are, they are the, the Kings, um, and Queens of, of putting something in motion and, um, and having that, you know, longer-term strategy and thinking in place. It feels um, more organic, doesn't it? Whereas the DC approach seems a lot more robotic. Cleverly, though, because it's not organic. It's completely the opposite of organic. It's 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 completely done. So everything is is in your head that this is going to be the film next. This is what I need to see. This is what I need to buy. You know, this is the the area of the world. I need to go and see a studio um, or a Disneyland or adventure or whatever it is. They they interlink this all so so cleverly, and it's all subliminal and it's all it's all very very cleverly referenced. 
Um, Little things like the, the post-credit scenes where they just gave yeah. Coulson 90 oh, seconds yeah. and every single one you're going, oh, God, I can't wait another year for that next film. Exactly, but you do. And then you talk about it and then on social media everyone talks about it and then the reviews talk about it. Um, and it's just, it's it's more subtly done, yeah. but actually it's 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 kind of right in your face without you even knowing it and, and that's and I, what you want isn't it you you don't want a marketing campaign like we've been saying no you, you don't, don't want them to come out and say right we've, we've released we've released iron man and in five years we're going to do an avengers film we want to make a billion dollars off that so what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next you know the next five years slowly yeah. and gradually chipping away at your brain until all you can think about is captain this and iron that Whereas DCs, they are pretty much standing in your front room, aren't they? Going buy the things, <laughs> buy them. <laughs> they uh, but, are, but it, can, they it are. can work. I suppose it. No, it can work. A, a, a lot of this stuff, obviously, I, I agree with you guys. It, it's it's like anything though. It, it, if the film is good enough, then it'll well, just happen anyway. I mean, I think they're, they're worried. Work, didn't they it? don't exactly. It, they, they've tried to create this event around it. I think because unlike the other films we've mentioned, it do, this isn't the this isn't the type of film, particularly with that question of the power imbalance and things, yeah. that I think will automatically get people to go and see it in the the numbers they want. So they've tried no. to create this event around it, which I think, as you say, will turn some people off. But for a lot of people, will get them talking at least, maybe yeah. get them in the door. Events now, obviously, the really key then is whether it. they enjoy it enough to come out and go. It really is an event. It was amazing. I, yeah. I, I worry it won't be it, but I hope it is because that's my worry with the market and what you mentioned earlier on. Although I don't like them sorts of sums and things, the worry for me is that that level of marketing makes the filmmakers take no risk and just make it lowest common denominator. You know, uh, yeah. hopefully that's not what's happened there. But if that is, you know, sometimes like I'll give you an example. The, the Fast and the Furious films. I was going to mention that. Uh, yeah. Well, I th- I think they're an example of where they've just almost gone by the numbers. Yeah. What the people love. I, I, I love. can't watch those films because oh. I, I've seen, even the trailers they make me feel stupid. Yeah. It is literally a case of <laughs> you, muscles, you know what, mate? and guns. This is gonna this is gonna hurt you. This is gonna hurt you. Uh, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Are you Only because to make me hate you. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Coming through um, the AI in two separate parts when Rory and I aren't speaking. <laughs> It'll be like Fleetwood Mac recording an album, but hopefully without the marriage and the divorce and stuff. I, I think we can have Rory versus Stu, Dawn of Justice. Um, I am we are, we do need a bit of a face of pod, but I'm not sure what it's going to be because we agree on most <laughs> elements. I'm not doing Fast and Furious because it's my comic book <laughs> element. Um, and I really don't like it enough to, to rant on about it. But I think that's quite cleverly done because Universal don't have a comic book franchise. And instead, they've gone, oh, what works? What sells for us? Um, it might be Paramount, but I think it's Universal. Um, and and they basically shoved all their eggs in the, in the Fast and Furious basket. And it was one of the highest grossing films of all time last year, which is just oh, insane. And no, that's it, obviously, you know... That a, makes a cast, me fear a cast, for humanity. Well, it does. But I think a lot of it's to do with a cast member, obviously, uh, sadly, kind of tragically dying during filming. Um, and the and fact that, he put The Rock in it, and The Rock is brilliant in anything he does. That's just a fact. That well, is true. Uh, and I can't I wait for The Rock to but, be But that's Shazam quite film. clever marketing. That's my point. You know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That definitely. is quite in-your-face marketing, it's, like Joe said. And it's it not subliminal, work. is it? It's super liminal. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no, it, it does work if it's done right. I just think this this Batman film, I've never seen anything marketed like this before in I've my not, life. I, I've never seen a film that has given away so many plot elements so quickly. I mean, yeah, look, look we at know Civil there's War. still hidden parts of Civil War. Exactly, we know. I mean, we we've seen Spider Man for what eight seconds, ten seconds, and that's yeah. all you need because we knew he was in it. We knew we were going to get And that's get all him. you're getting as well. That's yeah. the difference. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you're not going to get then another trailer that follows it up with a big monologue from oh, no, Spider-Man. It's, it, it's that's it. it. Civil War was, you know, look at the human elements, look at the, the combat element, and then right at the very end, here's this guy you wanted, but now we're taking him back. If you want to see more, <laughs> well, you just have to come and watch it then, it's, won't that's you? That's the difference. You know, that's the difference. In each trailer... There's a little bit more in there with with a you know civil war, but there's not like a whole big reveal of something else that they feel like they need to to push on you. So um, you that's the way the two studios. Could, yeah. That's the way the two studios work differently, and that's why one is streets ahead of the other. But sure. I still think it'll you know I I'm thinking predictions wise, I'm thinking it'll be a three star film, but I'm not sure what you I, guys I've got a think. feeling it will. I think it will have a fast opening weekend and then I think it's going to slow down because I think if you've given away so much of the plot, I reckon now I could probably storyboard three quarters of this film. I reckon for Civil War, I'd be lucky if I got a third of the way through because there are so many big elements. We don't know exactly what's Black Panther's role, what happens to make him want to get Bucky. We think we know, but we don't know. Whereas with all these bits in Dawn of Justice... You pretty much know, cast in stone, why Batman doesn't like Superman, why Superman doesn't like Batman. The only real question mark for me is what has drawn Wonder Woman to the city? Where is she? Side note, I also don't like the fact that they've now brought Gotham and Metropolis together. It's really fucking wound me up the way they've made it like a New York and Jersey thing where metropolis is seen as being the the rich affluent side and then across yeah. the water you've got poor scummy gotham that's it's not just, it's not san franjoki it's or bullshit it's absolute <laughs> weapons grade bullshit that they've done that because they're now changing quintessential parts of my comic background to fit a fucking film and that really winds me up that they've yeah. done that and i think yeah, that's I the thing that'll get the comic book readers Back up. I think that what we say about Deadpool is that it was marketed geniusly and released at the right time and, and done perfectly to hit that big weekend. Um, but then the rest of it's all word of mouth and buzz, and that's quite natural. It's not forced. And I think, like you said, I think it'll have a big kind of opening weekend, couple of weeks, this film. But I think if the buzz dies, then they might struggle because, you know, it's not Star Wars, and it's not going to carry. No. Um, this and- is the kind of film, isn't it? They need people to go in the first two weeks. This isn't, the, this isn't going to be the kind of film where in six weeks' time people are going to be going, yeah, do you want to go no. in there? Do you want to exactly. go and check out that Batman one? You need to go Because people still did week. that with Star Wars, because, probably because of the timing of when it was released as well, around Christmas. People and because of busy, the But then obviously a lot of people went, I know, I know. I know, and it was marketed geniusly as it's Disney. Um, but... It's the same element. It's the release date. It's a weird kind of time again. It's not summer. It feels like a summer film in, in April yeah, which it does. Is, or March, yeah. um, which again is a bit funny. So I think Civil War is kind of just coming up to lead into summer. That's kind of perfect. They, they got that. I know. think that Dawn of Justice wanted to come out a little bit later, but they weren't stupid enough to go head to head. If they oh, released no, 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 it no. a week before or after <laughs> Batman, 
that it would be an absolute tank, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would yeah, yeah. bomb yeah, at the box yeah. office. So it's either a case Definitely. of release it early and have a slightly springy summary film or release it later when people are potentially re-watching Civil War. I, I think, think we're, we're kind of first. I think we're kind of moving into extra time to be honest. Um <laughs> so and I know I know we can and and I think we'll get Joe on again in the future and perhaps on the review of this uh, I think we should I think line, I think actually. it'd be nice to uh, to come full circle and and get you back on if if you're free of course. Oh, I would love to. You're, come you're, on, you're a very you. busy man we know. Um <laughs> I would like to like um you know personally thank Joe for coming on as I said big influence on on me in terms of you know my introduction into ai in this form and just general we we got on really well we we have such good similar taste in 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 films and in style of things so um i'm on joe's pod this week doing the born trilogy which i'm really excited about i am gonna start watching those films i promise oh Oh, you absolutely have you never seen those films no because people keep telling me that they're like james bond films and there's only one james bond for me no no they're not they're not at all honestly can you listen to the pod we do and just get excited about it because i know you you clearly don't like damon and affleck but Oh no! You've got to come round to it. we're falling out here, mate. This is going to be civil war in in a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to turn against Captain America and become Team Stark. And, and oh, you we'll bitch! To... Why did you? Well, oh. it's happening. It's right, happening. I'm no stopping the recording. Max. This is bullshit. No, no born identity. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. Anyway, anyway, um, look, it's been a, a pleasure to have Joe on. His insights great. I still think he's he's touting some kind of wolf tickets on on Twitter, and no one ever gets his subtle reference with his his, his clever um, tagline. But everyone should follow him. I, I honestly oh, cheers, at wolf underscore tickets LFC. Um, he's a really good views on football. Um, I know he's he's loved in AI, but his his cinema views are, are top 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 notch. So um, it's really been a pleasure having him on. Stu, anything from you, man? No, just again, thanks, Joe, for coming on, especially at such short notice. It, this was pretty much arranged yesterday while I was packing. Yeah, um, and I think, Gags, I was, you know, I'll put it out there. I think I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure about doing this because we had other plans and stuff, but actually, um, it was a very good idea not to inflate anyone's ego, but fair play, mate. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get you back on. We'll have to probably leave it a month after the film. At uh, least we're, we're going to have a little bit of a little, little bit of downtime. We've got another pod coming up uh, next week, which is going to be um, Arrow seasons one and two. Then we're going to have a little bit of a gap because I'm moving house, so I'm going to have no internet for a week or two. But when we come back, we are finally going to take the shackles off, and we are going to review Deadpool. Yeah, and anyone, if you fancy read before you get that chance, I've I've written a review, an R-rated review um, on our new Tumblr page, which I'm I'm quite proud of. Yes, I'm I'm not just saying this because Rory is the other half of of, uh, the comic pod, but it really is a good read. It's nice to read a review with the cursing in it because (laughs) if you could go and watch Deadpool and write a PG-13 review, you have completely missed the point (laughs) of Deadpool as as a property and as a concept. So please go to aicomicpod.tumblr.com. There's also a link at the top of our Twitter page, which is AIComicPod. And we're also facebook.com slash AIComicPod. Uh, share us around. We've got no um, morals, so just whore us to everyone you know. Yeah, please we're exactly like us. Warner Brothers. We have no morals whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and please engage with us as much as you can. We, we want to be interactive. This is only our 11th show. Sorry, 10th show. Yeah, and we're still, you know, finding our feet. 
but we are loving the fact that every week now we're getting people coming back and saying they're enjoying listening. It blows my mind that people enjoy listening to me talk shit about comics <laughs> for an hour and nearly 20 minutes now. <laughs> but please don't stop. Thank you very much. Thanks as always to Rory. Massive thank you to Joe. Anything oh, you thanks. quickly want to plug? We've got 30 seconds. Yeah, just to say thanks very much to you both. You're so kind. I love your show. Uh, listen thanks, all the man. while. It's, you know, I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, thanks for coming on my show and uh, thanks for having me on your show. I've really enjoyed it. And please, if anyone fancies listening to a pod about Bourne, it should be out later this week. So thank you. Yeah, go and listen to it. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week and we will catch you again very soon. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>